When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Jeb with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Jonathan here with the Score North Download. We know you are spending more time at home during the coronavirus pandemic, and we're here for you at Score North in multiple ways. The free Score North app on your phone or tablet, scorenorth.com, or Score North on AM 1500, or just by saying, Alexa, open Score North. Boys, I know one of the comments or one of the things we've always asked Doogie in these, ses- in these uh, scoop segments is the Trent Williams news and what the latest is on that. Now that he's been traded, uh, that news is answered. Well, Ron Rivera was on Washington Radio today and revealed something about a possible trade for Trent Williams that might blow your mind if you don't know, if you didn't hear this. So here's Ron Rivera earlier today in Washington. Well, I know this much. There was an opportunity from what I was told that, that last year during during the just before the, the trade deadline, um, he was worth the first round pick. But for whatever reason, the deal was never done. And but because he didn't play for the year, somehow that number changed. Um, but again, he's he, you know he's still that kind of player. You know, he, he's 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 he still has that skill set, and and he's a guy that's going to go you know go to San Francisco and 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 should play well for them. So instead of going for a fifth and a third, they could have had a first round pick. For Is the that guy. that's a previous regime, right? I mean, yeah. like, they so clean just basically house. throwing them under the bus, but still, okay. nice the work. fact that they could have nice had a first job. round pick for Trent Williams. Okay, my here's my question. We'll get Doogie in here. Thanks on the <laughs> download there, Jonathan. But if you've got a guy who's you know Trent Williams, the relationship has fallen out. There's been some injury issues and some health issues. What, what I don't understand is if there was a first-round pick at the table at any point, why is why is the negotiation even continuing beyond that? Like, oh, okay, cool. We, we got a first-round pick for a guy who's 30 at the time. Nice. So, Doogie, what's what's your intel as you look back? The Vikings elected to, uh, to go with Ezra Cleveland to help fill the void at tackle long-term or guard. We'll see what happens with, with the offensive line shuffling. But what's your intel on this back and forth about Trent Williams reportedly did not want to play for the Vikings – do we know what the Vikings were offering? Do we know if the Trent Williams not wanting to play here is accurate? What What do you know, Dugues? Hello, gentlemen. Happy Hump Day. Here's what I believe from from digging enough. Ian Rappaport is spot on. Now, Vince Taylor, the agent for Trent Williams, can put out any statement he wants. But my firm belief is Trent Williams, for whatever reason, I don't have the particulars. You know, I think it's probably multiple reasons, and I think he got exactly what he wanted. You know, he's reunited with Kyle Shanahan. He's with a team that's Super Bowl-ready, certainly a team that, at least on paper, looks considerably better than the Vikings. So he has a much better chance to win 
with the Niners compared to the Vikings. But, yeah, my understanding is he did not want to be here. Again, I don't know exactly why. Would the Vikings have done a future third? I mean, don't forget, they have an extra third next year because of Trey Waynes. That's a compensatory pick. They'll have multiple thirds next year. Rick Spielman happily would have given up a third in 2021 and a fifth this year to get that deal done. So he didn't want to be here. Fifteen picks, Dukes. Fifteen picks. It's uh, the Spielman dream draft. Uh, but should we be passing judgment and calling it a good draft because they had 15 picks, or do you think that there's a legit um, case here to look at how the board sort of fell to them, especially in the first couple days, and be happier about that as opposed to just a, a pure statistic of amount of picks? I think it was a good draft, Judd. I mean, I think quality and quantity. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there were there were opportunities that, that maybe Rick should have been a little bit more greedy, a little bit more aggressive, moving up from 89, moving up from 58. Now, my understanding is if he had moved up from 58, he would have taken Ezra Cleveland. I mean, that's how highly they thought of Cleveland. So he still got his guy at 58. If he had moved up from 89, the belief is the target would have been a defensive tackle. Now, Jordan Elliott, the defensive tackle from Missouri, just went one pick prior. So maybe it was the Oklahoma defensive tackle. You know, but he wasn't greedy enough, so he couldn't get up from 89. But I've heard a lot of good things about Cam Dantzler as well, who he got at 89. You know, every GM says it, but I really don't think they thought that Justin Jefferson would get to 22. You know, but it worked out well. Like, I know they had a healthy grade on Chason from LSU, Terrell from Clemson. I think they would have taken C.D. Lamb if he had been there. You know, they certainly had a lot of interest in Tristan Wirfs. Peter King of NBC was embedded with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had the story the other day that the Vikings called Tampa about moving up. I'm told they also had some dialogue with San Francisco about moving up. But I don't think those talks went very far because Tampa had no interest in moving back eight spots. San Francisco didn't have interest in moving back nine spots. But, yeah, to get Jefferson at 22, to get the guy they would have taken at 25, Gladney at 31, so to pick up some additional draft ammo there, moving from 25 to 31, I think it worked out well. I've heard a lot of good things about Lynch, the kid that got a pick 130 from Baylor, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, the all-time sacks leader in Baylor history. I think he absolutely makes the team. Heck, I think on third downs and nickel situations, he'll rush from the inside. I think he'll earn legitimate snaps, assuming we have a season. So I really like that pick. I've heard a lot of good things about the Oregon linebacker. They took a pick 132. The kid die who led the Ducks, a Pac-12 team, in tackles four consecutive years. So I think it was a good draft, but I'm just saying I think there were some opportunities missed. Speaking of teams trying to trade up, there was a report out there that the Packers, before getting the number 26 spot to get their heir apparent at quarterback in Jordan Love, tried to get up to the Vikings' number 22 spot. Did you hear anything along those lines, Doogie, and what was on the table from the Packers to get up to that spot? Oftentimes, Rami, so these, these GMs are calling, and it doesn't get to the point of a firm offer. So it's one of those deals where at that point, Justin Jefferson falls into their lap. You know, why Philadelphia took the TCU receiver, I guess, is, is an interesting question. You know, maybe they just wanted that speed. Although Jefferson's 40 time at the combine was seventh best among 45 wide receivers. So he's got some speed to his game. But once Jefferson was there, my sense is the Vikings were not entertaining moving down. You know, I'm sure the phone rang. I'm sure they answered. And I'm sure it was one of those deals where, where the Packers call and Rick just said, not interested, don't want to move down four spots. You know, and that was the extent of those conversations. It's uh, Darren Doogie Wolfson with us here every single week with his Scoop session. You can find the Scoop podcast on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, and you can find Doogie as part of the Five Eyewitness News sports team. So going forward now, 
What now for the Vikings? Because they've got 15 rookies and they can't hold rookie minicamp. They can't hold OTAs. You know, how does this offseason set up? I would think that it's going to be very difficult to get as much out of these rookies as you ordinarily would in a, in a normal offseason. I just, I just don't see how they can all be as up to speed as in a normal season, Dukes. Phil, I completely agree. And it's not only 15. I mean, they guaranteed over $100,000 to the Texas A&M wide receiver, the Central Florida cornerback. You know, so they think highly of those two undrafted free agents that mm-hmm. they signed. You know, so you can look at it as, as more than 15. If you don't want to look at it as, as 27 or whatever the number is, I think it was 12 undrafted free agents they signed. So if you don't want to look at it as 27, that's fair. But I would look at it as more than, than 15 that they think pretty highly of. But I'm with you. That's why I still think there's a decent chance they end up adding a veteran or two. You know, whether it's a cornerback like Dre Kirkpatrick, he's got the same representation as Jeff Gladney. I know the Vikings have kicked the tires on him. As far as I can tell, there's there's no real movement on that front, but I wonder if there could be in the near future. You know, there's there's some chatter about maybe the Vikings looking at a, at a veteran offensive lineman, although I checked today on, on the former Seahawk, Britt, who can play guard, played center last year, good offensive lineman for Seattle. Seattle just needed the money, so they let him go, but the Vikings have not called on him. I checked on DJ Fluker who Seattle let go, was a good player for them last year at guard. He signed with Baltimore earlier this week. The Vikings were not in on Fluker. I've had people ask me about Schofield, who has a history with Gary Kubiak. Had a good year last year for the Chargers, but I was still by somebody close to Schofield. He's got better options, but I do think his name has come up internally with the Vikings. There's Osemele, who's had a a pretty good history, but I was told he needs a physical. Hmm. Like, the Jets messed up his shoulder pretty good, so it doesn't look like he'll reach any sort of agreement at this point. I think, you know, whenever, you know, things get back to some sense of of normalcy, hopefully we do have training camps, maybe at some point in, in July or August. I think at that point, if he can go travel somewhere, and have a team, you know, put him through a physical. I think at that point, Osemele is an option for someone. So maybe at that point, he'd be an option here. Then you think about maybe even just a veteran on on the defensive line. I mean, they've got all these young guys. You know, is there still a chance on Everson? You know, I still will say never say never as long as he is out there. Now, I wonder about Seattle, right? Like, does Clowney end up back in Seattle? I saw that they gave up his number 90. You know, does he end up in Tennessee? But if he does, does Seattle then sign Everson Griffin? I know Seattle... Just kick the tires on Griffin. But there's still enough free agents out there, Phil, where I think they end up adding at least one, if not multiple, free agents. Mm-hmm. Dukes, did, in, in your mind, Tyler Johnson uh, drop too far by going in the fifth round, and did Tampa Bay get an absolute steal? I know there's questions about speed, but that kid seems to me to have a lot of attributes that could make him a pretty good pro receiver. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit my bias just, you know, doing stuff with Tyler going back to his days at Minneapolis North High School. But, yeah, I mean, to get him on day three in the fifth round – yeah, I mean, I think Tampa did get a steal. I saw Bruce Arians come out and say he was at the Outback Bowl, and, and he turned to his GM soon thereafter and said, okay, I need that guy. 12 catches, 200 yards, multiple touchdowns against that Auburn defense that had, what, four guys drafted? I mean, Tyler just torched the Tigers on New Year's Day, and that's when, when Arians and others with the with the Bucks said, yeah, we should we should lock in on that guy. The Bucks were the one team to fly into town. So right after the combine, the Bucks had multiple front office officials fly up here to put Tyler through a private workout, well, presumably he, he passed that private workout with flying colors. It's unfortunate that the Vikings passed on him. You know, the Vikings, where did he end up going, Judge? Pick 161? Yeah, that sounds right. ended up moving, what, pick 159 or 158 or 157 to Chicago for a future fourth, which I think is a good trade, a 2021 fourth-round pick from the Bears. My understanding is, you know, I don't think 
you know, Gophers and, and Vikings fans really want to hear this, but my understanding is I just don't think for whatever reason or reasons the Vikings had a healthy opinion of Tyler. And especially after they took Justin Jefferson, who can play in the slot, I think Tyler can really perform in the slot. I think just the Vikings looked at it and said, we just don't see the fit. So I know a lot of Vikings fans were upset by that, that the Vikings passed on Tyler, but I don't think he was real high up on their board. You talked about some of the uh, free agents that, that might be out there and said the Vikings might bring in one or two veterans to bolster this roster. What about at the right guard position? Do they have guys on the depth chart right now who they think can can compete and whoever comes out of that competition for the right guard spot can can perform at, at an acceptable level blocking for Kirk Cousins? Rami, they think highly of Drew Samia, their fourth-round pick from a year ago, the kid out of Oklahoma. They really liked what he put on tape week 17. Remember week 17, that throwaway game. So he played you know, a ton of snaps against the Bears in that meaningless game when the Vikings were locked into the sixth seed. They really, really liked Samia. So I would make him the betting favor to be one of the starting guards. Mm. Uh, just circling back on Gophers-related things, so P.J. Fleck with five drafted players, including – a couple highly touted uh, players that were talked about. Antoine Winfield Jr. just gained so much national steam over the past couple months. And it sounds like he also has a really good recruiting class shaping up right now. Can you can you shine some light for us and the listeners who aren't following recruiting super close? It just seems like there's a lot of momentum right now with Gopher football and P.J. Fleck. There is. It really is amazing that he's able to get these guys without them even setting foot on campus. I talked to Stephen Ortiz Jr., a defensive back from from Arizona. I mean, his, his offer list was, was uber impressive. Penn State and others. I mean, he had his choice of, of 20-something schools. He commits to the Gophers a couple weeks ago without ever visiting. He just took one of those virtual visits. You know, so that was a big-time recruiting win. They steal a kid from, from Omaha, Nebraska, that the Cornhuskers so badly wanted. Another defensive back who had all sorts of options. Another kid you know, that just, you know, visited virtually. So, yeah, there is all sorts of momentum with the 2021 recruiting class. Then you mentioned, Phil, the, the five players drafted. What about Rodney Smith getting forty five grand from the Carolina Panthers? I talked to Sam Renner today, former defensive tackle for the Gophers, Maple Grove High School. You know, he signed his deal with the, with the Rams today. There were a few teams in the mix on him, including the Lions. You know, so he had some options. So you look at five guys drafted plus two guys signing decent undrafted free agent contracts. That's really, really impressive. And I'll continue to say, I've been saying this for years, Phil, the best recruiting job that P.J. Fleck has done in his multiple years here was convincing Antoine Winfield Jr. to not transfer. Amen. I wish I could show you the text messages I have in my phone from Antoine Winfield Sr. going back to, to 2016. I guess it would have been right before the Holiday Bowl. If I could just show the listeners those text messages, Winfield Sr. was guaranteeing that Junior was leaving, that it was a done deal. There was no chance wow. that Winfield Junior would return. So for P.J. to convince Antoine Winfield Junior to stay a gopher, hey. he won't. I'm telling you, that is the best recruiting job he's done so far. So how much How much of that recruiting job, like what's the relationship between P.J. Fleck and Antoine Winfield Sr. then? It's good now. Yeah, no, he did a lot to, to massage that relationship. It's fine. Yeah, it absolutely is fine. I mean, I think there was an adjustment period. I mean, not only Winfield, but like a guy like Tyler Johnson, going back to Tyler. You know, I just I think, you know, like PJ, I get it. If if you're Tyler, if you're those close to Tyler, you know, like Rashad Bateman is PJ's guy, right? Highly touted recruit. You know, PJ brings him in from the get go. You know, Tyler Johnson was a was a Tracy Clay slash Jerry Kill recruit. 
So it took some time. It really did. It took some time for, for a lot of those guys. But P.J. really did a good job building up really strong relationships with all those guys. Bateman goes where? I, I think he might be a top 10 and certainly top 15 pick. Ooh. I love this kid, Doogie. Well, I, I love him, too. Yeah, I just it's another strong wide receiver draft, Judd. But he might be the, the chase of LSU. He's one of the best. He's going to be a superstar. The kid, Who's Ross kid? Clemson, is going to be a superstar. The kid from, from Alabama Smith is going to be, I think, a star. Hey, Doogie, Doogie, hot sports take right now. Right now, I'm not saying the best because of obviously Thielen and Jefferson are pros, but I think that Rashad Bateman is the most God-given, uh, talented wide receiver in this state right now. He is a freak of an athlete. He had Division One basketball opportunities Plays like out of high school. That's how good of a basketball player he is. So, yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I just think that it's another loaded wide receiver draft, so that might push him down a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, if he ends up going in the 20s or the 30s, yeah, I think some teams will look back, you know, in five years and say, oh, shoot, why the heck did we pass on him at 14 or 17 or 19? I'm just telling you, though, like Jamar Chase, the kid from LSU, that's why I like Cam Dantzler. Go back and watch the Mississippi State-LSU game from last year. Now, who knows? Maybe Chase just had an off day, you know, whatever. But he only had, like, one catch against Dantzler. So, like, if Dantzler can play anything like that, the way he played against a future first-round pick, a top-five Top 10 pick. The Vikings got themselves a starting cornerback at 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, any rapid fire scoops to, to finish off your dudes? Anthony Harris not taking part in the virtual offseason. No surprise. He's not under contract. You know, there's, there's no rush to sign the, the franchise tag tender. So why take part? You're not under contract. It's not mandatory, oh, by the way. This is optional right now. So, so no reason for Anthony Harris to take part. Dalvin Cook is taking part. Max Meyer, Gophers pitcher. It's trending toward him being a top 10 pick in the June baseball draft. All signs point to the draft still happening that first or second week of June. That Major League Baseball won't push back the 2020 amateur draft. So Max Meyer, Woodbury High School, Gophers pitcher, top 10 pick. He is signing with Rock Nation. So that will be the agency that represents Max Meyer, Rock Nation. That is Darren Doogie Wolfson from the Scoop Podcast and from Five Eyewitness News. Dukes, we'll catch up with you next week, man. See yep. Sounds good, Phil. Stay safe. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.